Welcome, everyone, to another episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me here today to talk about three mediocre films is my friend and co-host, Coles. It's been a long, hard week, but I'm glad it's going to end out on at least on a solid note. <laughs> I think it will. Maybe. Well, this is going to be an entertaining and interesting episode, to say the least. Unlike our main show, where we pick movies that we already know that we enjoyed, here we're reviewing anything and everything, and so we have to let the chips fall where they may, and you just never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get a bag full of amazing successes, and sometimes it's going to be like this week, Coles. Well, here on FF Plus, our format is pretty straightforward. We'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and then we'll give you a recommendation about whether we think the movie is worth your time and or money to see. It's simple, it's short, and it's spoiler free. We'll get started with Night of the Animated Dead. This is a new animated feature film from the WB Animated Studios. It features the voice talent of Josh Duhamel, Dulé Hill, Catherine Isabel, Stefan Marks, James Rody Rodriguez, Katie Sackoff, and more. It is directed by Jason Axon, and it is written by John A. Russo. What is it about? Visiting their dad's grave in the countryside, two siblings are attacked by a zombie. Barbara escapes to a farmhouse. A man helps barricade the house as more zombies arrive outside. You know, it's funny, Coles, because I would say that they put as much effort into writing that synopsis as they did into (laughs) making this movie. So, Night of the Animated Dead, folks, if you didn't pick up on this already, it's a shot-for-shot remake. Is that right, Coles? Yes, a shot-for-shot remake of the classic Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero. Okay, so I have not seen, I know, shame me if you will, but I've not seen the original. I've seen lots of variations of the film. This one certainly inspired me to go watch The Real Deal because I I need to see it in its best format now that I've seen it in what is probably its worst. Starting with likes, though, I because we got to say, wait, I'll say this. I don't really have anything. I... <laughs> It made me want to see the original, okay? That is my like, Coles, is that it made me want to see the original, and it made me believe that there is a version of this that could be done in an animated format. I don't think that this is that version, but I think that it could work, but I I think that they just made all the wrong choices. So I, I really don't have anything supreme. I guess I'll say one more good thing for you. I made it through it, okay? So I was able to watch the film. It didn't make me want to turn it off. I didn't actively hate it, but I just didn't find it to be valuable or good or have any sort of necessity to exist, uh, in my opinion. But we'll get into specifics about that. Was there anything you liked before we embark on the trash parade? I had to dig down deep for this one. I understand that there are people, there are creators, there are artists who did think that they were doing something with this film. And you know what? I have to give them my respect. It's not easy creating anything, whether it's good or bad. So 
anything I say that is bad against this film is all because of the film itself and now the people who are working on it. So that's the only good thing I can say about this because everything else, it's part of the garbage heap. All right. Well, I, you know, you watched it first, so I'm going to let you start and kick us off. And then if there's anything I need to add, I will. I don't want to waste people's time by just heaping on it unnecessarily. So why don't you give us the laundry list of the things that you found to be problematic about this movie? Biggest thing is that the bad quality of this film reminds me and almost takes me to understanding that this film can be done well. And to see that it's gone through another unofficial version of itself where people are literally trying to cash in on the name of the film and not really doing anything about bringing anything fresh to the film. It's frustrating and it's ang- and it's, it makes me angry. I was angry watching this film. And I usually don't use the word hate for any film I watch, but I despise this film. This film is it makes a laughing parody joke of the original film because it's essentially shot for shot. So anytime I was seeing a, a scene that is a classic scene in the original, I have to watch it get butchered by, I mean, abysmal voice acting, <laughs> animations that make these characters look like they're in a Minecraft game or in a Roblox. Uh, <laughs> like the yeah. zombies move like, like they're like robots almost. Like they just move it's from stiff. side to side. It's, it's stiff. stiff. It's blocky. Yes, you're so correct. And there's no detail. It's just very simple animation lines. There's no detail whatsoever. And literally hearing these voice actors, like I know that Josh Jamal, he's somewhat of a big name. I give it that. But the cast of this film seems like they just came together on a Saturday night after drinking a few beers and thought it would be a good idea to record great dialogue from this from the original screenplay. Like this is just some what of a of a little project that spur of the moment because there's no thought that goes into this. It's essentially shot for shot. So all the scenes that you are familiar with the original, if you've seen it, they're in this film. But it's not the same magic. It's not the same social commentary. It's not the same stakes or drama or horror. Nothing scares you in this film. The only thing that these people wanted to do was just add gore. Like in the original Night of the Living Dead, there is no gore because it's a low-budget film, but that's what gives us mystique. That's what gives us his aura. That's what makes it a cult classic. In this film, what they decided to do is just add some new-age gore to it and thought that that would be enough to keep me entertained and sitting there watching it, but it doesn't do anything. It's just gore for the sake of gore, which is boring and tedious to watch. I honestly was just waiting for this film to be over. It was only 70 minutes, but it felt like 140 minutes. It felt like I was it was taking double of my time about how much it was wasting it. And I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish for anybody to see this film. If you know Night of the Living Dead and you love that film, keep watching it on your Criterion. Keep watching it on your Blu-ray or DVD, whatever. But do not go after this film and do not go after the other alterations that have been done to this film. It's a disgrace. Well, so yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like the the very first thing I wrote down, animation, like if you're going to do an animated movie, the animation needs to kick ass. It needs to be the star of your movie. And, you know, oftentimes we praise some of these WB animated films, even when we disagree with the way the story goes or we don't connect with them. Like, Like Fat Man, The Long Halloween, we had some issues with the storytelling, but the animation is always visually arresting and interesting and it keeps your attention this just turns you off and so then when your storytelling sucks as well 
then you really are up against a wall. The the characters, they have no characterization. They're very, very bland. There's no depth to them. They're super duper thin. You mentioned it. it is, it's like a super gory Saturday morning cartoon or indie video game. It's the way I would word it. It, it is very weird. It is weird to have it. Like, I love the Roblox comparison. It, it is weird to have that. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like a head will be cut in half. I mean, it looks like Tarantino. It looks like Tarantino took his hand and just was like, ha ha ha. When the animators weren't looking, he like went in and added a bunch of like murder scenes or something. That's what it feels like. The One of the main protagonists is this character named Barbara. And I have no earthly idea what she's like in the original film. But I could not stand her. Completely unlikable. Completely annoying. I, I wanted her to die fast. Which is a shame because in the original film, Barbara, she's a tragic figure. She, in the beginning, she loses her brother, you know, to the zombie apocalypse. She ends up running to this house and she's pretty much silent the whole film. She doesn't have that much dialogue. In this film, they decided to give her these annoying bits of just like Valley Girl-esque sounding dialogue <laughs> that would come in and just break up the, the energy and momentum of a drama scene. And I was like, Barbara wasn't like this in the film. So this must have been a new take on the character, but that's not how she is in the original film. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That inspires me a little bit even more than to be excited about the getting to see the the original version. The sound effects I thought were terrible. They're, they're not, the sound effects themselves are not bad, but the problem is they're all the same volume. They're really loud. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like, why are they all, sometimes they would be louder than the dialogue. It just didn't make any sense. It, it just feels so unpolished. It feels so amateur. Like, they just didn't take the time to make these little details the way that you you get used to just expecting that kind of level of detail and quality from every movie you watch. And then it, it doesn't feel scary to me. It felt so much more silly than it did scary. And I was like, Aren't, isn't this supposed to be a horror movie? I, I have no idea what you're going for because you've got this weird, ugly, plain animation and you want me to be scared, but you're you're being you're being kind of funny. But then you have these disgustingly gory moments. Like it just it's all over the place. I it's wackadoodle. I don't get it, and and I have no desire to keep watching these. Um, you know, I didn't actually request this one. I'll be honest. So we have a partnership with the WB Animated Studios. So now they just sent them to me, and and I'm obliged for us to cover them. So I guess in reality, we probably will cover them if they keep sending them, but I, I would not be able to seek this out if, if it was up to me otherwise, like if there was not this partnership in place real quick, the special features on this uh, Blu-ray disc, because that's what I'm reviewing as well. It sucks. They're non-existent. There's one 10 minute featurette. It's a making of uh, the movie. And all it is is a series of interviews uh, with the filmmakers and some of the voice cast. They talk about Romero's original and they talk about the genre. And then they talk, you know, they talk with the animators about animating the movie. It's not interesting because the movie's bad. And so nothing they say has any value because you're just like, okay, you're all homers and dumb because no, <laughs> like it, it wasn't good, your product. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 70 minutes, but I can't believe that anybody should really waste 70 minutes on this. So I, I would say, oh, by the way, it's out now. 
on VOD and disc, so you can get it digitally or you can buy it on disc physically to own. My recommendation is no, stay far, far away. Kales? Like, don't even say the name of this film. Like, if you're going to talk about this film, talk about Night of the Living Dead. Whatever this is, I don't even want to hear its name anymore. Like, we, we speak of this never again. So don't touch this with a 10-foot pole. Don't even recommend this to a person you hate. Don't even recommend this as a prank. Like, stay far, far away from this. Keep this locked away in, a, in your mental dungeon. <laughs> I like it. Well, next up is a movie called Surge. And I'm going to put this out there now before we get into our thoughts. This came recommended to us by fellow film critic, friend, and oftentimes guest of the Feel and Film podcast. His name is Don Shanahan. He runs a movie website for reviewing called Every Movie Has a Lesson. And he was a huge fan of this movie. And I usually like to take his recommendations. They oftentimes work out very well for me. So, you know, there was a good chance of this being a positive result. The movie stars Ben Wishaw of No Time to Die fame. And really, I don't know why anybody else would say anything. He's Paddington. He's the voice of Paddington. That's what's important. Uh, It also stars Ellie Haddington, Ian Gelder, and Jasmine Jobson. To note, Wishaw did win the Special Jury Award for his performance in this movie at the 2020 Sundance Film Festival. We will talk about that, the performance. It is directed by Anil Karaya, and it's written by Karaya, Rupert Jones, and Rita Kalnahasis. What's it about? Joseph is trapped in a soulless job, living a life devoid of emotion and meaning. After an impulsive act of rebellion, Joseph unleashes a wilder version of himself. He is propelled on a reckless journey through London, ultimately experiencing what it feels like to be alive. That synopsis makes me mad. We'll get into why. But Kales, uh, was there anything you liked about this movie? Hey, before um, we go into this film, I just want to say, Don, we still love you, man. <laughs> we love you. You know, this is just your first miss. Your first miss ever. But that's... Yeah. <laughs> but- for one for strike. Me, you get three, but this is yeah, this is get, definitely one. Yeah, the first strike. Ben Wishaw, his performance is amazing given the material he has to work with. I mean, this is a guy who clearly is putting his heart and soul and buying into whatever this story is. I can see it while we, we're following this guy throughout the whole film. So everything falls on him to be able to make me make the viewer compelled to watch it. And even though everything around him is not supporting how good he is, he is able to carve out a special place in this film. He he is the one positive that I can that I can't take away from. He's he's incredible. And it sucks that his incredible performance has to be wasted by what feels like to be a pointless drama film. Okay. Man, I didn't even have a chance to get a drink and stop drinking before this man stopped talking. This is how the episode's going to go, folks. Uh, yeah, so piggybacking off of our thoughts on Night of... Oh, I forgot we're not, we're not saying. It's the movie that shall not be named. Um, Surge is in a similar boat. It's not a remake, but it's a concept that we've seen done before, but we've seen done with so much more depth. I will say I agree. The Wishaw is a great actor. I think he he has so much talent. and. It's frustrating to me that it's being recognized for this. I mean, I guess it's cool that it's recognized, but I just feel like 
give him some roles that really allow him to shine. He, you know, Paddington, he's amazing, but he's a voice behind an animated bear. Um, he's in No Time to Die, but he's such a minor character and role. He's really fun in his little bit parts, but he's not a major part of those those film series in in the James Bond world. So this is like a starring chance for him, and he deserves so much better. He puts his all into it, and really, the performance for me, the thing that makes it amazing is his physical performance. So his mannerisms... And the way his body language changes, it sells the insanity of his character really well. And it's just a bummer, man. It, it is a bummer that there's no depth to him at all. So you know how people always talk about Joker being this meaningless, pointless story of, you know, another white guy who's mad at the world and just goes on a, a murder spree or whatever because he got he's angry this movie's you like if you were mad at joker then this might set you off the edge because this is so much worse this like in joker that character is bullied that character experiences real life situations that are out of his control in a sense the way that people treat him that trigger the reactions. The problem I have with this movie, more than anything, Colette, I don't think it's a very good movie. It's got a, it's it's made the whole thing is in shaky cam, like not even when the dude is just running down the street. There is a moment where he goes and he stands on his front porch at the door to talk to his mother and have a conversation, and the effing camera is shaking. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you? Is this on purpose or are you just accidentally? Like, did you twitch? I mean, I have Tourette's. It can happen. But probably we shouldn't be a camera operator. You know what I mean? Like, there's jobs I shouldn't do. Um, I just, I didn't understand that choice. Like, it was so overblown shaky cam. And it's very slow setup with no depth. But the no depth thing is what really ruins this for me. Is everything that happens to this guy, and this is my problem with that synopsis that I just read about how, you know, he goes on this wild night of self-realization. Nah, that's not what happens, folks. The guy has a mundane life and has very, very normal and realistic crap happen to him. Now, yes, I get the concept of, like, things piling up on a bad day, right? This, this movie takes place over 24 hours. So he's got some stuff, like, it's annoying, but... His response, he's not right in the head. He definitely has a mental health struggle. The movie never comments on that. It, he never seeks help and is rejected or, or anything of that nature. His mom sort of kind of tries to help him and he just, he just kind of pushes that away. But like he really is just not right. And there's nothing about this that is a person responding to a world that is being unfair to him. The world is not being unfair to him. Like, it's a very regular lifestyle type thing that he has to deal with. And he snaps and goes bonkers. And none of what he does has any purpose. The choices he makes don't get him to a certain place. Like, they don't seemingly have a reason to... It's just, it's, it's just chaos. And this, it's not fun to watch. It's, it's pointless. It's, it's miserable. And by the end, you're like, 
There's you've gone you've got no relationship with the character. You feel no empathy for the character, and you've just spent ninety minutes with him. And it's like, what is the point of this movie? That was the biggest thing I walked away from. This was like, it, this was a terrible experience. And then what did I get out of it? Nothing. I, I I despised it. And I very very rarely give things one star because I have to actually hate the movie. Not just be indifferent, not just dislike it. Like I have to find it offensive or just a complete and utter waste of existence. And and that was Surge for me. Surge is not the right title for this film. The right title for this film is Murphy's Law. Because whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And honestly, you're treated to these constantly depressing events of this guy's life. But... These are things that a lot of people go through. A lot of people don't like their job. A lot of people are often feeling alone in this world, like they don't have any friends. A lot of people have either like parents that ignore them, parents that are narcissistic, or parents that just don't care for them. That happens. People deal with annoying neighbors. That happens. But is that justification for what this guy does? I mean, you don't feel any empathy or compassion for this guy. I don't know if the movie wanted me to feel that way, but... They treat these bad things like, oh my God, like, you know, this guy, he just can't really take it anymore. And like you said, this happens over 24 hours. I'm going to need a little bit more buildup. It's not like that this this 24 hours all of a sudden was his breaking point. Like, show me exactly what is, what's up with this guy. Show me his makeup. Show me his personality. Like, why do his parents act the way they act towards him? Like, what's going on in the household? Like, can you show me, like, wh- what does he do? outside of all of these bad things they never show you that because they're all about piling up all of these negative things that happen to him so that now you can be open up to what he does which is just be a plain douchebag i hate to say it but that's what he does his justification for all the bad things that happen to him that a lot of pe- other people go through and don't do his response is to go and rob a bank <laughs> his response is to go check into a fancy hotel room and destroy the whole hotel like what's the purpose is this nihilistic is this supposed to be cynicism? Is this supposed to be like a YOLO, like you only live once? But YOLO doesn't give you the reason to go and act dumb. It doesn't give you the reason to go out and commit crimes. YOLO is all about living what your best version of your life is. And the best version of your life isn't you going around looking for trouble. Isn't for you putting yourself in harm's way, which is what this guy does. Like you said, he has a mental health problem. But the film never, never goes into a conversation about that. It's almost like we're supposed to be entertained by this guy going around just doing dangerous things and hurting himself, but I'm not entertained like I'm not entertained by things like that. The difference between a film like this and a film like Joker or a film like Falling Down, you kind of understand from the perspective of the character we're following why he is engaging in these actions. Why is he wanting to, to see chaos? Why did he go off the edge? There are things that build up. There are things that. You know, you see that society is ostracizing people, it's ignoring people, it's bullying people. It is pretty much making you feel like invisible. What this guy does, this guy, he at least has a job. And I'm not saying that just because you have a job means you have to like it and love it. But I'm just saying this guy is treating everyday annoyances like it's the end of the world. And it's a, it's a drama that doesn't really make sense in what his intention is, what is his end game. And the shaky cam, like, I felt like I was going to get a headache. Like, there's literally a scene where this dude is walking down the street, and I understand shaky cam can add a little bit of naturalistic feel to it, but literally, the, it's almost like the cameraman is jumping up and down on trampoline. Like, he just keeps bouncing up, bouncing up, and bouncing up, and it's like, oh my god, like, I can't even 
see the facial expressions on this actor's face because the camera is so twitchy. <laughs> and also, I mean, I when you get to the end, you really just you really just look at yourself and you wonder, well, why did I spend over a hundred minutes watching this? Like, what is the lesson behind this? What is the commentary? And you try to do, do all the calculations and you try to, to solve the problems in your head. You replay the film back again, but at the end, you find nothing. And that's what this film is. It is a void of nothing. And it doesn't teach you anything. It doesn't add anything to your life experience. I mean, this is something that is almost like floating, like almost like a piece of dust that's floating in the air. Like you just don't really care for it. And I hate to be harsh, but this film is it's plain not good. Just not good at all. Trash. It's trash. I don't even like <laughs> I don't normally this is this is my like only place I get to do this because I'm always the positive guy. But like on this show, I get to actually every once in a while something I don't like. So yeah, I did not like it at all. So Surge is out in theaters now and it will be available on video on demand October 25th. So now you have two of us who absolutely despised it and you have Dawn who really liked it. Choose wisely. Kales, I'm I think it's very clear that we're both no thanks and we think people should steer clear of this one as well. Am I right in saying that? Yes, I am, but Ben Wishaw, he should not get any, you know, dismissal dismissal right. because of this. You know, he's a great actor. He has other films that, that are way better than this that you can go and watch. Just don't choose this one. <laughs> absolutely absolutely agree. And I and I really hope that he does get some good material soon that is worthy of his extreme talent to be a leading man. Well, last up, we saved the best for last and the weirdest for last. This is another new A24. They call it a horror film. We're going to talk about that, but it is considered a horror film. It's called Lamb. Well, Joe, probably, you know, this is like the third piece of a trilogy. They had First Cow, Pig, and now Lamb. And... It's just the farm animal trilogy in my mind. This stars Numi Rapachi, Hilmir Snyer Gudnadsen, and Bjorn Hilner Haraldsen. Doing my best here, folks. It is directed by Valdemir Johansson and is written by Johansson and Sohn, I think. What's it about? A couple in Iceland find themselves parenting a strange creature that will affect their relationship. All right, so we said spoiler-free, and we are going to say stay spoiler-free, but there is something that I need us to admit here up front. The creature. It's really almost impossible to talk about this without at least acknowledging the creature. And so I'm just going to say this is not a spoiler because, because it's in the trailer. So I'm even though I don't watch trailers, so I guess technically it would probably be a spoiler for me, kind of. I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention this. So the creature is a half lamb, half human creature named Ada. Okay, so that's that's as far as like story type spoilers will really go into. But just know that that's what the lamb is. I liked a lot about this, Kales. Uh, it has, first of all, it's shot in Iceland, and it the landscapes themselves, they're gorgeous. It's just a beautiful imagery of nature when you're walking through this movie. So 
there's a lot to see out in the wilderness, you know, in the wilderness, whether it's just these big, you know, wide open fields with gorgeous snow covered cap mountains in the background. And um, I really enjoyed the cinematography as well. There's quite a few individual shots that are very cinematically uh, structured, the way that the use of angles, the way that things are framed in the center of the the picture in order to kind of create a mood and a tone. I thought the cinematography was really good and there were some things that stuck in my brain. The the film's kind of tone and mood and aesthetic, it's it's got an air of like foreboding and very subtle suspense. And so it's not a horror movie in my opinion. Like I never once got scared in this movie. But there is this this tension that kind of lies underneath. The movie is very unintentional. I don't know if it's unintentional. I felt like it was unintentional. It's unintentionally hilarious. I laughed out loud as much in this movie as I have in almost any movie in 2021. I don't know if I'm supposed to, but I did because of how serious the movie takes itself when some of these things happen. And I was like, it's so unserious that I can't take it serious, but the characters are. And so that's funny. So that's how I responded to it. And in that context, I enjoyed it. The lamb, Ada herself. Listen, anytime Ada is on screen, this movie is fascinating and impossible to look away from. It is, you are captivated to see what happens next. It does seemingly kind of comment a little bit on, I don't know if it comments on it, but it, it takes a look at grief and parenthood in a way that is interesting. I'll comment more about that when we get to the maybe the dislikes, but but I like that they at least had a reason for the way that this weird family structure existed. It, it is a it's just it's just interesting. It is weird and interesting, and I like that about it um what about you did you what did you like about (laughs) this bonkers movie the weirdness aspect is what appealed to me um most of the time in this day and age we get a lot of films that are almost copies of each other we don't get anything that really stands out and the credit i'll get to this film is like you said it's fascinating and it really stands out in the way it presents this message i mean this is this is a film that focuses on parenthood but i feel it also focuses on tolerance you know Having empathy and having, you know, compassion for for things, for creatures that are different from us. You know, oftentimes we we see in the news that, you know, animal abuse, you know, ocean pollution and how we are treating animals and wildlife in the world. And I feel like this film is almost giving us a message that we should start focusing and being more kinder and being more loving to things, even if they are half lamb, half human. We should start being more tolerant to these things that are different from us. We shouldn't look at it as like a threat or a villain or a bad thing. We should look at it as something new, something um, with complexity, something that is something we haven't seen before, but maybe could be possibly the norm in the future. I mean, it's a it's a very it's very intriguing film. That's I think that's the one where I can really give it that it's intriguing. The cinematography is gorgeous. I really love how the domesticate the domestication life the farm life it feels very peaceful and it's almost like a, a dream of mine to live like that you know to be able to have that 
vast amount of land and have all these animals and be able to grow food. And I felt that they did those mundane aspects for most people. It, it feels it feels almost kind of cute and engaging to watch in a film like this. I didn't have a problem with any of the performances, uh, but more I'll have a little bit of a negative with the way that the characters were kind of portrayed. But the performances are solid for the most part. And when Ada is on the screen, I, yeah, it's definitely something that really jumps out at you and you can't help but look at it. It's like something you can't look away from. You kind of want to know more about it. And that's how I felt about Ada. But over time, as the film starts to pick up its pace and starts to get a footing on itself, then you come to understand why these parents treat, love, and care for Ada. And I would say that this film feels more like a psychological thriller for at least the first two thirds. That's a great I would way say, to put it. Yeah, I would say the last minutes are when the horror and when the shock comes into form. But it feels like a psychological thriller. There's always an air of mystery, and you just don't know what's coming around the corner. Like everything is peaceful, people are eating, people are conversing amongst another. I was just expecting for something to jump out, or I was expecting for something just crazy to happen at any minute. So that air of anxiety is a benefit to it. But I would say this is more a psychological thriller than horror. Yes, and I'm going to use, I agree, 100%, and I liked that, but I'm going to also use that to segue into the negative section, which is I disliked that nothing ever really happened. So we have, a, and we have that constant feeling, and the movie doesn't, doesn't do anything with it until maybe the last five minutes of the movie. And there is so much interesting folklore, religious mythology that, that could be in play that all happens in the last five minutes in like almost a single scene or two. And I was like, I need more of that. I want that. I want to know about that part of this movie. And that frustrated me ultimately because I was left with this, like I didn't the experience by any means i enjoyed it it is very slow like super duper duper slow uh and i i felt like i, I wanted more of a payoff for my investment and so i just that's my biggest dislike it's just that i i feel like this is a, a really intriguing and interesting concept and it doesn't actually trend anywhere near as wild as the trailer make it seem and as you would expect just reading about it on paper like if somebody tells you parents stumble upon a random half lamb half human child and raise it as their own you know you just you expect it to go weird directions and it does it's it's like it doesn't fully know what it wants to be like it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it too it wants to do the the family exploration, psychological thriller style, and then it wants to hit you with that kind of horror aspect that you know that it knows you're expecting. But when it only does it those last couple minutes, man, and then and then the screen, it's one of those movies that just kind of ends. It's just like bam, screen goes black and it's over. That that really just didn't sit well with me as the way it kind of it just went out, kind of disappointing. The first forty minutes. It's like you're stepping in a big pile of mud and it's and you're you're trying to drag your foot up and get your foot clear of the mud and it's it is 
Very hard and very resistant. That's how it feels in the first 35, 40 minutes. It's a struggle to get through. Because like you said, it's a lot of slow kind of watching people in their daily lives and nothing is really happening. It's almost it's almost like you're just watching somebody through a TV screen on how they're living their life and nothing is exciting is happening. And I'm not asking for a Michael Bay explosion or a shootout or anything, but I'm, I'm expecting for something to key me in on what this film is going for what is the story what's this narrative what how will it resolve itself and you don't really get any mention of that until the the last the middle and then the ending section of the film that's when it starts to find find its pace also the aspect that there is not that the horror that they try to tease you with they try to give you a little bit of a taste of it doesn't really pay off or go anywhere it it feels like a lost opportunity it feels like it's a little bit too quiet and a little bit too empty and a little bit too abstract for its own good not really abstract to where it's hard for you to get but abstract that is trying to go for a different feel and the results are kind of mixed it it feels like there is traveling down the road it's doing well but there are a lot of potholes you keep going over potholes when something good happens then you get to another scene you're kind of like okay this probably should have been cut out and the characters, the actors are good, but the characters, you don't really learn anything about them. They're just parents. And the and I was kind of confused in the beginning when they kept showing these lambs. And I was wondering with the communication between the lamb and the kid, I was, I was hoping that that was going to lead to something like, okay, maybe they're talking to the kid and maybe it's going to start like a little sinister plan where the kid goes against their parents and maybe they figure out something. But once again, that's empty. That's an empty bucket at the end as well. A24, they, they they are very, they champion these independent ideas. They champion the creators. They champion these open ideas that really wouldn't really get any attention from the big major studios or even be released in theaters. So that's an acknowledgement. But sometimes also there are films that kind of expect you to like see it as being great just because, oh, we got this great cinematography. Oh, we're doing a little different way of showing you psychological thrillers or horror. But at the end, if I'm feeling that most of it was a waste of time and it only really picks up speed by the end, then it feels like a wasted opportunity, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page, I think, with all three of these films, which is not always the case, but kind of cool, even when we didn't love two of them. So when it comes to Lamb, uh, it will be out in theaters on October the 8th. What would you say about this one? Go see it in the theater, wait for it to eventually come on streaming, or to skip it? Wait for this to come on the streaming. The theater doesn't really add any experience to this that would make you want to pay for it. I would agree completely. I, I see no... Maybe. The only the only thing that I could see being worthy of the, of a theater viewing would be if you were in an absolute packed house at like a midnight screening with a bunch of drunk people because it would be really interesting to watch the crowd and see people reacting to this and just because people are gonna totally be different all over the place when they see these things but because nothing actually wackadoodle ends up taking place it, it does limit even that to kind of a lesser degree. So I would say, ultimately, I land where you do. It's totally fine just watching it at home on your TV. You, you'll get what you need to out of it. It's not the kind of movie you're probably going to ever want to rewatch anyway. 
you watch it one time, you'll be good. You'll be like, okay, that satisfied my curiosity, and now I can move on. Well, that is it for us this time on FF+. We normally say that we hope you found something that you'll be interested in. Um, I don't know about that in this episode. Maybe you're interested in Lamb. I think it's going to be a niche film, so most of you may not even be interested in that. Some of you might. I don't know. But if you do go see any of these, please let us know what you thought about the movies. You can find us on Twitter, at Feelin' Film or at Black Nerd Magic, and you can also always come talk to us in the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group, along with hundreds of other cinephiles talking about movies each and every day. We will be back soon next week with a gigantic, packed episode. Folks, the next several weeks, there are heavy hitters coming out like one to two a week. So you're going to be getting lots of thoughts on some really good stuff, including some Oscar nominated, well, they're not Oscar nominated yet, but likely to be Oscar nominated documentaries as well mixed in. And we're really excited uh, for the lineup. So be sure to hit subscribe and be ready for the next episodes when they come out. That's it for this episode. Until next time, keep feeling filled. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at Phil, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter, but be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive and keep feeling film.